When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Industry Thought Leader Podcast. Stand out. Be heard. Influence. Want to influence real change with your message while become known as an authority in your field? Industry Thought Leader Podcast will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Industry Thought Leader Podcast, brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy, Stand out, be heard, and influence. And yes, I'm your host, Anne Marie Cross, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Now, my guest today says your failures will always open the door to your successes. And joining me on today's show is Scott Aaron. Now, Scott, he is a three-time best-selling author. He's a speaker, a podcaster, as well as a LinkedIn business coach. And on today's show, Scott's going to share how the best use of LinkedIn and how we can use LinkedIn to build our business and our our brand. He's also going to talk about how we can overcome obstacles, and that is a superpower, as well as how being resilient will lead us to all of the successes that we desire, and so much more, I'm sure. Welcome to the show, Scott. And Marie, pleasure to be here, and thank you so much for having me. You are so very welcome. Uh, I know that we started the uh, the interview with your your quote, you know, our failures will always open the door to successes. And we're going to dive into LinkedIn. But I'd love to give you the opportunity just to share a little bit about your backstory, how you came to specialize in LinkedIn, and maybe were there aspects of your career that maybe led you down that path? Maybe there's been some, you know, disappointments and, and in your journey as, as well. So, floor's yours. How how did you become known as this LinkedIn uh, expert? Well, thank you for uh, for the time to to talk about this, and I, I don't want to drag a twenty three and a half year story out, but it's important for people to understand, like you mentioned, where I came from to where I am right now, and what I can tell you is uh, I. I've been an entrepreneur my entire life. Uh, started when I was 18 years old, uh, almost 19. Uh, so I, I jokingly tell people that I've been psychologically unemployable uh, since day one. So I've never had a boss. I've only worked for myself. But the the interesting thing is how I got into entrepreneurship. That was kind of the the unorthodox way. I was a sophomore in college. My father was also an entrepreneur and still is, and he was moving out of a venture 
in the physical rehabilitation profession and moving into actually health club ownership. He had always been a fitness buff. He still is. Um, and then he got me into, obviously, that industry by uh, buying our first gym. Unbeknownst to me, the reason why he was making the transition out of physical therapy into personal training uh, was because the company that he was working for was under investigation um, for insurance fraud totaling $9.5 million. And my father was actually in the middle of this. And when all was said and done, he got sentenced to two and a half years in federal prison. And that was my entryway into entrepreneurship. My father said, listen, you're going to have to take over this gym. It's not going to be easy. Uh, I don't want you to be me. I want you to be you, and you're going to figure this out. And then I did. I, I had to learn how to be a leader. I had to learn how to uh, manage uh, a work environment. I had to learn how to hire and fire. I had to learn how to train. I had to learn how to delegate. All these things that you don't really learn in school. I still got my degree in human resources throughout this entire process, but being thrown into the weeds, so to speak, was probably one of the greatest lessons that I could ever learn because I had nothing to go by. Uh, all I had was uh, the bootstrapping way that, that I had learned how to do business. And that's where the resiliency and overcoming of the obstacles came into play. Now, in that process, um, grew the gym uh, by four times. The, we had about 400 members, uh, 300 members when my dad left, and there was close to 1,200 by the time he came back home. Um, when he did come home, we opened up a second location. And then in 2003, we were offered a million dollars by another family to sell both gyms, which we did. And... At 24, I became a millionaire. Now, people hear that and they're like, okay, you know, you're set, you're good. I mean, for a little while, yeah. And uh, for about a year, I, I continued to personal train and uh, run my sports nutrition business. Um, but it didn't last long. My father wanted to get back into the fitness game. And we opened up our third and final gym in 2004. The only problem with that was... Uh, because of my father's uh, past, there was no credit. Uh, my, my parents could not um, financially support the opening of a new gym, but I could since my, my credit was, was clean and there was nothing on it. So I had to personally finance the opening of this new gym, which I didn't know what really that meant. I just I signed where I had to sign, did what I had to do, but five years later, uh, I found myself in $1.5 million of liability debt. And this is where I talk about uh, having to overcome obstacles, having to be resilient. You know, you talk about making that kind of money and then losing it all, you know, plus another $1.5 million. Um, five years later, Amory, you learn a great deal about yourself when you go through that. And there's a lot of people that, that kind of would have thrown in the towel. It's just not in my DNA. You, you kind of just have to figure things out. And in 2009, it was a, it was a big transitional year for me. I, I was getting divorced. Um, I was in severe financial debt, but I had to pick up the pieces and move on. And 
It's part of what I always knew how to do. And fast forward to 2013, going back to your question, how did LinkedIn come into your life? Completely by accident, but on purpose. And I, I needed to make some changes uh, with my business career. Uh, you and I are, are both in, deeply embedded in the uh, virtual business game now. But in 2013, people had online businesses, but uh, not to the extent that exists today, especially in health and wellness. Uh, you know, we had a brick and mortar gym. You know, we were getting dominated by some of the larger clubs and I, I was trading time for dollars. I was working 80 plus hours a week, just scraping by being a personal trainer. And I knew there was more out there for me. And, um, in 2013, I said yes to an opportunity with a network marketing company called Isagenix, um, strictly for the business. Products were great. That was a plus. But a friend of mine asked me this question, and I want every single listener to really, really pay attention to this question because this is something that you should ask yourself, and it's something that you should ask someone else that you're looking to help. A friend of mine asked me, he said, Scott, if you got sick or injured, Something happened where you could not personal train anymore. You could not personal train. How would you make money? How would you be able to earn income? And that scared me to death because, again, I thought about that. You know, God forbid something happened and I couldn't get to the gym. What would I do? I, I at this point... Uh, my son is now eight. Um, he was only a year at this time. And I needed to make a change. And, and I, I quickly started to see the power of being online. I, I grew a very successful business. But in 2015, this is when LinkedIn came into my life. And I was sitting, I was at a conference. And uh, the gentleman who was running the conference welcomed some of the top entrepreneurs on the stage and he handed them, and I'll never forget, he handed them a dry erase marker. And he said to each individual one, he goes, take this dry erase marker, walk over here to this whiteboard, and I want you to write down how many conversations you have had to have to get to where you are. And I'm like, why is he doing that? <laughs> so these one by one, they walk over and they're, they're writing these numbers down. And after they were done, I'm looking at this board and the smallest number I saw was 7,000 conversations. And I said to myself, well, I'm building my business through warm market, friends, family, and Facebook, a little bit of Instagram. I don't have a shot because Facebook, you're only allowed 5,000 friends. Most of those people want nothing to do with what you're doing because they're on there for personal reasons only. Yes. But I remember I had a LinkedIn profile. I Signed up for it years ago, just like everybody did. And then it collected dust from there, like a lot of people do. And I thought it was for recruiters. I thought it was for getting recruited or looking for a job. And when I got on there, Microsoft had just bought them out and they were changing the platform. And I said, you know what? Uh, this is where I can go to connect with people just like me. Because one of my first mentors said, Scott, when you're building a business, no matter what the business is, you need to look yourself in the mirror and you got to ask yourself, how are you going to connect with yourself today? And it clicked. And I said, that's it. That's brilliant. 
I need to talk to business-minded people that are just like me, other trainers, other nutritionists, other gym owners. Where can I search and find them all over the world? LinkedIn. And this is where the, the door of opportunity opened up and I got even more traction. And I started helping some friends. I said, listen, you got to use this platform. And I was showing them what I was doing, which I didn't know at the time, but I created a system and they started getting results. A buddy of mine reached out to me and he said, listen, I don't know what you figured out, but he goes, I've booked 14 appointments just this week. He goes, you need to be teaching this. And I'm like, I love teaching. I love training. I, I love helping people. That's what I've been doing since I was 18. That was how the whole idea of, you know what, I can take LinkedIn and teach people how to create the most important aspect of any business, which is human connection. And it's, I, it just happens to resonate most on LinkedIn because people are on there for connection, for trust building, for rapport building, for business relationships. Mm-hmm. And the rest they say, Anne is history. History. What I love about the story that you've just shared is it's so relevant to where many people are finding themselves today. I mean, circumstances beyond their control uh, has caused many to have to restrict their business operations. In, in Melbourne, we've just come out of a very str- strong lockdown. The economy is is really you know stretched to maximum, and I know that that's around the world as well. And so, what I'd love to do, we're going to dive deeper into LinkedIn and how you've been leveraging and using it because. What we're saying to people is, look, don't leave untapped opportunity on LinkedIn to really take the time now to build those connections because the seeds that you start to sow now are going to come uh, as you develop and nurture that, just like farming, are going to seed and sprout. And what you do now is going to impact many, many months down the track, which, of course, Scott, is what happened to you. But before we move on, sometimes we do need to plough that field a little bit, talk about some of the ways that you overcame some of those obstacles and you say it's actually your superpower because sometimes you know when we are sitting in that that situation of well what now everything feels hopeless and seems hopeless we're not able to take on any new learnings that really could be the solution to moving forward because what happened to you of course it's taken that trajectory in a whole other area which now you're specializing in so what are a few words of advice some insights maybe around overcoming obstacles that that becomes a superpower, being resilient, and that that can sort of lead to successes. And then I think we'll dive deeper into uh, to the LinkedIn. But what are some um, insights you want to share here? Well, it actually, it all came about two different things. So just four and a half years ago, I, I filed for personal bankruptcy. And, I, and I, I, I don't believe you can go any lower than that point. Now, to preface that, I, I had a successful coaching practice. Uh, I had a successful online uh, wellness practice, but the gym was failing. It was losing about $3,000 a month. I was the personal guarantor of the lease. And for business owners that don't know what that means, when you're the personal guarantor of the lease, you're financially responsible for every dollar that's owed on that lease, whether it succeeds or fails. And that was about $450,000 of liability debt that was in my name. And I met with my business attorney and he said, listen, you got two choices. You can continue having your two successful businesses, fund your failing one, or you can file for personal bankruptcy, have a clean slate, and start your life now. 
And when he painted that picture for me, there, there was no hesitation. A lot of people that maybe hear that, they're like, oh my God, I, I might be faced with filing for bankruptcy. I didn't hear your life is going to be over. I heard your life is about to begin. Because this, Emery, this was my opportunity over an 18-year period that I was finally able to start doing things on my own, my own way, painting the picture that I wanted to paint, carving the path that I wanted to carve. People think that life is a straight line. Life is not a straight line. There are, you know, again, we're in um, a very unprecedented time right now. In Globally, a lot of people have, there's been a lot lost. There's been lives lost. There's been uh, relationships lost. Uh, there's been memories and precious time with loved ones that are lost. But again, we've all been through our own form of personal pandemics, whether it's divorce, whether it's bankruptcy, whether it's cutting ties with a family member, whatever it is. But the one thing that always kept me going was knowing that I couldn't control anything that has happened. Can't control it. It's already in the past. And I can't worry too much about the future because it hasn't happened yet. And I remember reading a book called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. And he talks about just this. And, and this is, Emery, this is my, the foundation that I always come back to whenever there's a wall-kicking moment. Whenever there, there's a hiccup with something that's going on, he says in this book, there's three types of people. Yeah. There's people that live in anxiety. There's people that live in fear. And there's people that live in peace. The people that live in anxiety are the ones that are constantly replaying the tapes of their past that are keeping them where they don't want to be. The people that live in fear are the ones that are so fearful of what hasn't happened yet, they are paralyzed with what's going on right now. And then there's the people that live in peace. And the people that live in peace are the ones that are living in the time period that is the only time in our life that we can actually control, which is the now, the present moment, which we are in right at this time. So when I started to think about that, I knew no matter what was going to be thrown at me, there is a solution for every problem. And you hear it all the time, live in the solution, don't live in the problem. If it's already happened, okay, I'm going to work through this. There's a, there's a way to figure this whole thing out, and I had to remain grounded. And that is what's really enabled me to continue to thrive, whether there's a pandemic or not. It's allowed me to overcome those obstacles. I'm not saying that there's no emotional scars. We all have, we always carry around emotional scars, but it's, it's how we process and handle them and grow from them. And it's also allowed me to become resilient. Yeah. It's allowed me to, to understand and to conceptually know that no matter what the universe is throwing at me, it's going to propel me to something greater. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to those challenges because when we are challenged, when something is thrown our way and we are growing, we become better.
Yeah, definitely. And you being um, in the background of the gym know that when you're building muscle, uh, when you're lifting, you're tearing muscle apart. To make wine, you're crushing those grapes. And so to build resilience, you have resilience muscle, guess what? You need to go through challenges and obstacles to be able to learn and grow. And because of that, you're now able to share how you, you're leveraging LinkedIn because that was something that became apparent to you. Hey, I can connect with all of these people. So what I've got, what I've got gone and done um, beforehand is I have actually, let me just see if I can bring this on. Looked you up on LinkedIn and there we go. We've got your LinkedIn profile there. So I thought that might be nice to, to have open. But, you know, you talk about the best use of LinkedIn to build your business and brand. What would you say have been some of the key insights you've learned through leveraging LinkedIn, some of the how-tos that really have made a significant difference in how you have leveraged and the outcomes that you and your clients are now getting through using this platform? So, I call it the layer cake of LinkedIn. And uh, th there's four best practices or best things that you can understand. And the way that I, I, I call it a layer cake is because there's a, a big layer, medium layer, small layer, and then a tiny layer. And the big layer uh, is your profile. This is This is where people get to know who you are and what you do. And actually, if you scroll down a little bit, Anne-Marie, on my profile, you'll see under um, the highlighted, um, the featured information, um, mm -hmm. right there on the right-hand side, um, there's an optimized LinkedIn. It's, it's a free download uh, that I have where it helps people start to optimize. It's a PDF that goes over the specific sections. And I always talk about making sure that you have a clear and present headshot. Uh, mm -hmm. You have a background photo that is branded to you. Um, the about me section, which is very, very important. And um, the, the two best tips that I can give you uh, for the about me section, number one, uh, actually three, making sure it's in first person. You don't want it in third person. Make sure it's in first person. Number two, make sure it's two to 300 words in length that is letting the reader of your profile know, here's what I do, here's how I do it, and here's what I do for clients. And finally, a call to action. So is there a website you can direct them to? Is there an email they can contact you at? So if you go to the bottom of that, you will see that I put a call to action. Connect with me here. Reach out to me here. Give people somewhere to go. The experience section is also uh, very important because the experience section, it really allows you to put in keywords. And what people don't understand is there's something called SEO embedded all over our profile, which means search engine optimization. So our LinkedIn profile, so Amory, if you open up another window mm -hmm. um, and you just go on Google, and, and I, I, I always do this with people, and, and you open up another window and you just, you type in my name and you type in Scott Aaron, yeah. um, one of the first things that's going to come up with a Google result on the first page is my LinkedIn profile. Okay. And why while you're talking, yes. And why that's so powerful. So that means that your profile is optimized because Microsoft obviously works in conjunction with Yahoo, with Bing, with Google. So now when people are searching on Google, they're redirected back to your page. So you can see right there, my LinkedIn profile is the third result 
on there. And that's why this is so important. So you have to make sure that your experience section has those keywords, lead generation, best-selling author, things that represent your business, podcaster. And even if you go to my experience section, you will see multiple times all three of my books, It says best-selling author. There's lead generation all over the place. Uh, It says podcaster everywhere. And people are missing out on so many opportunities just by not optimizing their profile. But filling all the sections out. You know, making sure that you have your education. Making sure the licenses and certifications, your volunteer experience. But one of the biggest areas, and, and if you want to bring my profile back up, I'll show you really quickly. One of the most undervalued and underutilized sections of LinkedIn is towards the very bottom. It's the personal recommendation section. It's underneath the skills and endorsements. And if anyone goes to my profile, you're going to see close to 440 written recommendations that people have written about me and what I do. So if you're looking for credibility... If you're looking to be the authoritative figure, this is where people are going to go to see if you are. So in the beginning, yeah, you might have to ask some family and friends and people that you know close to you to write you a recommendation. But as you start to help and work with more people, guess what? People are going to start writing them on their own. And that's why this section is. So if someone says, well, Scott, you know, how do I know you know what you're doing? Listen, go to my LinkedIn page, go to, go to my profile, go to the recommendation section, spend a couple hours reading the recommendations, and that will tell you how I help people. The second layer is the build of your network. And again, if anyone goes to my profile, I am nearing 28,000 followers on the platform. Now this has been done very strategically. I don't invite, so you can't see this on your end, but on my end, I have close to 1,000 connection requests sitting of people wanting to connect with me. Wow. Now, so here's my recommendation to people. If you want to build the right type of network, they have to fall into one of two buckets. One bucket is this person Someone that I can collaborate with, connect with, and build a relationship with professionally. And Anne-Marie is a prime example of that. I saw that she was a podcaster. That's how we connected. And now here we are. Number two, do they fall into the bucket that this person not only is a good connection, but if I really do a good job of building the relationship, they could potentially become a client one day. And if those people don't fall into one of those two buckets, I'm not going to connect with them because you're only allowed 30,000 organic connections and then it goes to the follow feature. But I want to talk to people that want to talk to me. I don't just want to have connections just to say, hey, I got 28,000 connections. I want connections so I can build those relationships. So you need to ask yourself that same question that my mentor asked me. Who, how, how are you going to connect with yourself today? Who are those people? Who are those avatars that fit into those two buckets? And when you know, you can start searching and connecting with them. And that's why it's also important to have certain keywords fluttered throughout your profile because you'll start appearing in more searches and you'll start getting more visibility of your profile. Mm-hmm. Now, 
The third layer, and probably the, I would say, is the most difficult one for people to really understand, is messaging. And why that is, is because a lot of people are doing uh, some things wrong. Mm. And I'm not going to say that they're doing bad things. They're just doing them wrong. And I'm not saying it's my way or the highway. But number one, people are using automated services right now that are connecting and messaging for them, which means you're removing the number one business building tool from your business, which is your ability to connect and message with people genuinely and authentically yourself. So you're basically just ruining the user experience from day one. Number two, you're selling people from the onset of the first connection. No one, I don't care who you are, no one wants to be sold to. Everybody wants to be connected with. So I developed something called the magic formula. And it's a a three-step process that anyone can use in any industry, any profession, for any potential client or customer. Yes. And it goes like this. Step one, you mentioned the person's name. And I'm going to use Anne-Marie as an example just because it's you're here and it's the easiest thing to do because we do have some relatability. Uh, I would simply say, you know, hey, Anne-Marie, great to be connected to you. That's it. Not dear Anne-Marie, I checked out your profile and blah. Like, it's just too much. People are very productive. They want to be straight shoot them. Just go, come right at them with why you want to connect. You know, hey, Anne-Marie, great to be connected to you. Number two, I call it lowering the drawbridge. Now, why is it called lowering the drawbridge? Well, if you conceptually think of what a drawbridge is, when it's up, it allows the boats to pass back and forth. When it's down, the traffic can now flow. So you have to lower that drawbridge to allow that connection to walk across so you guys can make that connection. So for me, you would leverage it this way. Hey, Anne-Marie, great to be connected to you. I saw that you were a podcaster, as am I. Would love to hear about your show, share more about mine, to see how we can best support each other here on the platform. Now, I've done two things. Number one, I've lowered the drawbridge. So when Anne-Marie is reading that message, she goes, well, this makes sense because Scott's a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. It's obviously why he's reaching out. But number two, I used the second most important word in the English language. First being the person's name. Second being the word support. It's been scientifically proven that when someone reads the word support and actually says it in their head, it triggers their brain to release a chemical called oxytocin. Oxytocin, for those that don't know, is our feel-good brain chemical. It's when we get that big rush of excitement. It's almost like serotonin or dopamine or endorphins, which comes from runner's high, or um, cortisol, which is our stress hormone. So this person is feeling good when they're reading this message. And the third and final step is something that I call a CTA, a call to action. You have to A-S-K to G-E-T. You have to ask in order to get. So if if you just make a statement, statements lead to nowhere. Questions lead to answers. If I just say, Anne-Marie, let me know when's good for you. Well, she's never going to let me know because I've never asked. 
But if I said, do you have any time this week or next week for a call? Now she's going to reply back if she does. So you state their name, reason for reaching out, lowering the drawbridge, and you finish with a CTA. Now, the fourth and final layer, which is my favorite, content creation. So many people, and here's a crazy statistic for those that that want to know about content creation. So there are now 650 million-ish people on LinkedIn. Of the 650 million, only 1% produce one piece of content a week on LinkedIn. So that means 6.5 million people are producing and 644.5 million are consuming. But here's the other crazy statistic. That 6.5 million people that are producing one piece of content a week is leading to over 9 billion forms of engagement a week on LinkedIn. You have to create content. Now, I'll make it very easy for you guys. It's not like Facebook and Instagram. You're not selling and pitching. You're not posting 18 times a day. I I got on a call with a woman the other day and I said, listen, I'm just going to give you some constructive business feedback. I said, you're posting seven times a day on LinkedIn. It's just, it is just way too much. No one is seeing your stuff. So I break it down this easy for people, Anne-Marie. Post Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. That's it. Post three days a week. And if you can commit to that, number one, number two, do a post on Monday, a video on Wednesday, and write an article on Friday. That way, you're taking advantage of the three main forms of content creation on LinkedIn. Now, if somebody was to ask me, Scott, what is the best way to engage someone on LinkedIn content-wise? Hands down, video. Video content is the best form of content creation because it does two things. Number one, it allows for you to be seen to your audience, number one. Number two, it allows you to be heard. People can see you. They can feel you. They can understand you. It, it's what brings people closer to you. And this allows you to step into that authoritative figure space so you're doing what is necessary to show up and create that engagement with your network. Now, if you're producing content, which I highly advise you to do three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you want to make sure it's one of two things. It's educational or it's informative. Prime example, I did a LinkedIn Live on Monday educating people on what they should and shouldn't do when they're adding a note to a connection request. And they loved it. Another example, just today, I created a infograph and posted it on LinkedIn about the seven benefits to creating video content. So I was informing my audience of seven different things of why. When you spend all of your time on LinkedIn educating 
and informing. You're building the know, like, and trust factor with your audience so you're bringing them closer to you instead of pushing them further away. And honestly, leveraging those four key components, optimizing your profile, knowing who you want to connect with, what bucket are they falling into? One of those two buckets, client, collaborator, making sure that you're messaging people the right way with the magic formula and creating informative and educational content through posts, videos, and articles will make your experience on LinkedIn not just worthwhile, it will change your business. Yes. What I was wanting to say to to that is it's so important and what I find so many business owners don't do is they're not consistent. They'll go, well, Scott, I've been doing that for a little while, but I have to share with you, I made a commitment. I've been using LinkedIn many years ago when I was in the career industry and kind of went onto other platforms, but I made a commitment this year uh, because I knew that with all of the restrictions, so many more people, businesses, my ideal client, were going to be hanging out on LinkedIn. So, I thought I'm going to consistently share content Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I've incorporated, started incorporating more video because yesterday, full disclosure, did a a, a short video, one and a half minutes, took me about 20 something takes. And in the end, (laughs) seriously but I'm I shared that on across the various platforms I said tell me it's not just me and I've gotten feedback no it's not so that's good but just through doing that consistently today I was someone just reached out to me on LinkedIn and said look congratulations we've been doing some monitoring and you've come up as being one of the top 20 business coaches in Melbourne and it was through LinkedIn and so you know um, I'm now going to connect with all of the others because they're obviously people who are doing some great things and, and creating great community. And I thought it'd be great to connect with them too because I'm sure that they specialise in certain areas. But these are the kind of things that happen. You just don't know who's peeking over your shoulder, um, who could be someone that includes you in an article or is a referral partner or someone that may decide, you know what, I love your work. I want to achieve some of the things that your, your, your clients and what you're talking about, how can I work with you? That's just what happens, isn't it? It's, it happened to me the other day. I, I was on a, a LinkedIn summit. Uh, it was hosted by a friend of mine in Melbourne. And one of uh, the gentlemen that watched my segment reached out to me. And uh, he's going to be hiring me tomorrow. We're going to be working together. And he shared something very interesting with me. And, and there was 21 LinkedIn experts um, on in this summit. And uh, I was blessed to be uh, one of them. And he said, you know, they were all great. He goes, I took, you know, two to three, uh, you know, pieces of notes for each person. And I said, that's awesome. He goes, he goes, but you were different. I said, what do you mean? He goes, I wrote down 23 different notes for your presentation. And he goes, it almost felt like the other people were afraid to let the cat out of the bag or really let people into what they do. He goes, you just were like straight out of a cannon, like, here's what I do. Here's how it works. Here it is. Value, value, value. And I said, well, that's how you build a business. You need to provide value. You need to show people that you know what you're doing. I remember uh, listening to a podcast where this woman, and it's a highly, highly regarded podcast, one of the top business podcasts in the world, and she had this LinkedIn expert come on. 
and and she was doing an interview and she was asking questions to kind of bring value to the, the audience and she was dodging every question. She didn't want to give any information up. The interviewer, who is the, a high-regarded business coach, ended up taking over the episode and started giving her own tips based on what this other person was not giving. You can't be in business built around serving people and holding information back from people. If you live in, and, and this is for all the business coaches out there, if you're living in that fear state where you're withholding tips and information because you're afraid someone's going to figure out your system and do it on their own, well, kudos to them. Exactly. Exactly. And, That's and, the whole point of being in business is to help others, and there's going to be a portion of them that says, you know what, I actually want to work with you personally because – and that's just what uh, what happens. Look, Scott, we have just, um, it's just been such a wonderful opportunity to share with you. Thank you for sharing not just your tips on, on LinkedIn, which have been incredibly valuable. I know everyone's going to be implementing that moving forward, but also sharing insights into the ups and downs, the challenges, the obstacles in your life. I think we don't spend enough time talking about those and also insights on how to move forward because especially now I hope that that will change because of the fact of what everyone is experiencing. And it's going to take a while to navigate that. And we have to realise that, you know, things that may have bounced off our back previously actually is now uh, is causing us uh, some areas of where we need to take a step back because of what we've gone through. And I think people such as yourself speaking into that, I would hope would encourage others to get the support that they need, to know, look, I'm not on my own. Guess what? There is a way through there is a way through, there is a way out, there is always hope and possibility no matter what challenge I'm faced with. So if people want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Yeah, my website, uh, www.scotterron.net. It's my hub where everything uh, is at. But if people do want to connect with me on social media, I'm very prevalent on uh, the the big three, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, obviously. Uh, You can find me under Scott Aaron uh, on LinkedIn and Facebook. And if you are on the gram, as they call it, my handle is at Scott Aaron LinkedIn and would be grateful to connect. Fantastic. Thanks once again for coming on the show. Thank you, Anne-Marie. Grateful for you. And thank you again for the opportunity. You've been listening to Industry Thought Leader Podcast, brought to you by Industry Thought Leader Academy. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry? Access our free five-day money, marketing, and mindset boost masterclass. Go to www.industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. That's industrythoughtleaderacademy.com forward slash masterclass. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.